Thank you for listening in to the King's Chapel podcast. We hope this message is a blessing to you. Please stay tuned after the message for more information about King's Chapel. We're going to be in Romans chapter 16 together as we are in uh, week two of Advent. And if you are, if you're new to Advent, Advent is just a fancy word that means arrival. As we look forward to and anticipate the arrival of Jesus, his coming into this world that we'll celebrate on December the 25th. And, and last week, the first week of Advent, as we, we uh, lit the first Advent candle together and at the end of the service, we'll be lighting the second one um, in our hearts, moving ourselves one step closer to celebrating his arrival uh, on Christmas Day. Have you ever um, found out that you had been doing something wrong for a long time and it was kind of embarrassing? Um, for me, one of these things, as I was, as I was going through um, my, my seminary writing, I took some time and, and did some research um, in just you know word usage and grammar and trying to catch myself up after being uh, out of out of the loop for a long time and so I was I was listening to the audio version of I think it was Strunk and White to the elements of style and was going through some of these things and I found out it seems pretty small but for me it was really embarrassing and it's the very simple word or two words every day And I, I never realized what the difference between every day, two words, and every day, one word is. And, you know, you just write every day one word because you don't have to put the space and it's just, you know, it's more efficient. We're getting things done. We're moving forward. It's just every day. And then I realized what the difference was. And now whenever I, anywhere I am, I can't unsee when every day is done wrong. It just drives me, it just drives me crazy. Um, I think over here at Associated Wholesale Grocers and it says, you know, low prices every day and it's wrong and it drives me crazy. Um, so just in case you're wondering, the word, every, the two words every day is usually the right, the right way to do it. It means every day. So we're going to go... Um, we're going to, you know, eat breakfast every day. The word every day is an adjective. It is a, um, it's, it's a synonym for, you know, ordinary. Um, so you have your everyday dishes, your everyday shoes, your everyday whatever. And so if it's, if it's not an adjective for something that you use on a daily basis, that's the only time you use every day. The rest of the time you use every day, and yes, I will be judging your Facebook posts from now on because you know better. One of those words in, uh, in, in the theological arena that we can at least misunderstand is the theme that we're of our Advent service today, and it's this term, mystery. If you look up mystery on uh, merriamwebster.com, here's a few de different definitions of mystery. Um, something not understood or beyond understanding, an enigma, something that's just like, you know, this floating, um, un, not understandable thing. Another definition, a piece of fiction dealing usually with a solution of a mysterious crime, you know, Agatha Christie or, uh, that's only, only one I've read. Um, finally, a mystery, you know, and a, a profound, inexplicable or secret secretive quality or character, this, this secretive thing, this, there's the 
uh, you know, the Masons or, or the whatever, these, or the Shriners or these, these organizations that are mysterious, they're secretive. But when we see in Scripture the word mystery, it doesn't refer to any of those definitions. I would call this the translated definition fallacy. And it's, it's what happens sometimes when you have a um, script, like Scripture that is in one language, Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New. You translate it, you get this word mystery, you think to yourself, what does mystery mean? And you look it up in Webster's and it leads you down a wrong path. And so what then does mystery, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to Advent, and we talk about mystery, what is the, what is the biblical concept of this English word mystery? What does it mean? So I want to take you to first to Romans chapter 16. We're going to define this. Now, we're going to be all over the place today. You may not want to follow. Hopefully, please do, but if you have a hard time following, um, it'll be up here on the screen. It's not going to be one text like I do most Sundays. So Romans chapter 16, verse 25, this is the end of the, of the letter. And Paul says this, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery. And now he's going to, he's going to define really what a, what a biblical mystery is. The mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed. And through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. So when the Bible talks about mystery, it's talking about this. The plan of God that was concealed under the old covenant, but has been revealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. When the Bible talks about mystery, this is what it, it's, it's the idea of not something that you can't know, or not something that only certain people know with, with special knowledge, or one of these things that you only get by direct revelation from the Holy Spirit. The word mystery in Scripture has to do with things in the past, before the fullness of time, before the coming of Christ, that were concealed. Maybe not totally, but at least partially, but that now in Christ has been revealed to us so that now we are walking in the fullness of God's revelation. We use this term in, in theology, the, the um, redemptive history, that there is this progress Throughout the Old Testament of God revealing and revealing a little more and revealing a little more until his final revelation, his final unveiling is to us in Jesus Christ. And he reveals this mystery that was long held, that the prophets and others longed to see. I want you to look at how the prophet Isaiah about this mystery. So this is in Isaiah 1. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 1. At the end of this prophecy, we won't get to it today, is the very familiar, for unto us a son is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. That's where these verses, this is where it's headed. This is the proclamation by Isaiah of the promised son. And I want you to look at how Isaiah begins this prophecy that's going to end in the proclamation of the son. He says, there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, 
He brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. That's, that's the northern kingdom. That's Galilee in Jesus' day. But, now did you notice former time and latter time? Are you catching this? But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land of the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Do you get this picture? That there, is, there are these people who are walking in gloom and darkness. And the answer is going to be, the sun is going to be born. And when the sun is born, there will be joy. When the sun is born, there will be light. The, at the birth of the promised sun, those in darkness will come into the light. This is the mystery that we proclaim and that we remember this Christmas, is that the things that were once types and shadows, as the writer of Hebrews says it, have now come into fullness in Jesus. The things that the prophets understood only in part, we now see through the Holy Spirit. So what does this mystery look like as we look throughout Scripture and we talk about the, the mystery of His coming? What does this look like? Ephesians chapter 3, Paul talks again about mystery. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, that's key, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you would have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to be my, by revelation, as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And what is a mystery? Do you see it again? Which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to us, his holy apostles and prophets, by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. It had been concealed under the old covenant. And it was there. You could find it. It was there that, that to be a light to the nations and a light to the Gentiles. But, but, but the people living under the old covenant, living even up until Jesus' day, their, their minds were, were clouded. It was, this was a national religion. This was, this was for the people, the, uh, the Jewish nation, the Jewish race. And Paul said, here's the mystery Here's what was partially concealed, but now has been revealed that the Gentiles, you and I, the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. Mystery, that we Gentiles are heirs of the kingdom too. When we talk about Jesus coming and the plan of the Father being made known, what was made known? That you and I are invited. That you and I are welcomed in as full heirs of the promise. 
fully in the people of God, not second-class citizens because we're Gentiles, which we deserve to be, but by the grace of God, fully integrated into the family of God. These are the things that, through the coming of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit has made known to us, that the call is for us, the invitation is for us. We can be the people of God. Aren't you glad that we know that? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us and that this mystery has been revealed? This isn't the only mystery that Paul talks about. Now look over in Colossians chapter one. Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to you to make the word of God fully known, and here it is, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. What is this mystery? What's been revealed? That to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's the mystery that's been revealed in the coming of Jesus, is that Christ dwells in you. Who would have thought? Who would have imagined this as part of the plan of God? That God wouldn't just have a people who serve him and to do the religious things that religious people are supposed to do, but that God would indwell his people. The omniscient omnipotent, omnipresent one would come and live in us and that everywhere we go, God is alive and at work in us. He's not somewhere else. He's not distant. As you look at other religions and other belief structures, the, the goal is to try to get somewhere, achieve something, get there. And, and we as believers living in the revealed mystery of Christ understands that he lives in us and that we are his temple and that we don't deserve it. But it's a work of his grace. It's a work of his grace. He said, I choose to reveal myself in such a way that you will know that I am alive and at work in you. Let's look at one more. 1 Timothy 3.16. Paul again says, indeed we confess, or great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness. And remember that word, the mystery of godliness. And this is probably some sort of creed, something that they would memorize and recite in a church service um, when they would gather, when they, when they didn't have the, the, the New Testament as we have or the letters and it was, it was so beginning. This is probably something that they would, would recite as a creed. He was manifested. So, so this is the mystery of godliness. This is the mystery of, of who God is and what it is to live for God. This is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, 
in actual, physical flesh and bones. God put on flesh. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. What is this mystery? That God visible. That Christ put on flesh. That Messiah walked in our bodies. He wasn't the son of God who came and walked around and looked like he was in a body. Nor was he a man who was a good teacher who was glorified by God. He was the son of God made flesh. This is how, the, how John puts it in the prologue to his gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is why I put in there on the last one, God became visible. The word here, if you're new to scripture, this is a poetic way. He's referring to Jesus, talking about Jesus here. In the beginning was the word, was the son of God, Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, or he was in the beginning with God. So he's eternal. He is God. He's with God. He's from the beginning. Next, verse number three, and all things were made through him, through Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. He was the creator. He was active and involved in creation. Skip down to verse 14. And the word, the son, Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory as of the one and only son from the father full of grace and truth. Next. Now this is verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the mystery that God came in his Son in human flesh to show us who God is, to show us what the Father is like. No one has seen the Father, but Jesus has revealed the Father to us. The writer of Hebrews says, in the past, God spoke through the prophets, to our fathers, through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the universe. He said the Son is the image of the invisible God. The mystery that has been revealed to us is that God put on flesh and became visible. So let's bring this home a little bit. This doctrine of mystery reminds us that God is doing more than he shows us. You think about these Old Testament prophets, even in, in Zechariah 
the, the father of, of John the Baptist, and the account there, I was reading that in, in preparation for this, just thinking about this. All of these things where God was working and preparing and the fullness of time came and the people who were actors in this didn't even see it coming. They had to have angels come and, and, and tell them. I mean, this was, this was so unexpected. Angels had to show up and be direct with all of these people and say, here's what God is doing. Why? Because God was doing things that were outside of the understanding of the people who were even involved in it. And you and I get frustrated. And we ask God, where are you? What are you doing? Why are things happening this way? This is, this is not going to end any way but bad, God. Don't you see how this is going? And the doctrine of mystery reminds us that the saints of the Old Testament, even when God was working, they weren't fully aware of it. And in the new covenant, we're so grateful for what God has revealed of who Jesus is and what God is doing in us and what he's doing in the world. But it reminds us of this, of just like those Old Testament prophets and saints of old, that God was doing more than they realized. And in my life, when I get frustrated with God, God has not revealed everything to me. There is a time for concealing and there is a time for revealing. And when you look at the end of Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith, what does it say? That many of those great men and women died without seeing the answer to the promise. Remember this Advent, that God is at work in your life even when, we, even when he has concealed it from you. He's at work in your life. In the days of Jesus' birth, they were under the thumb of tyrants from Rome. They saw no way out. No way out. But yet God was working to bring his son. In and we remember at this advent, the mystery of the kingdom. Thanks again for checking out this week's message. If you are interested in finding out more about King's Chapel, please visit our website at kingschapel.church. There you can find service times and more ways to connect with us. You can also follow us on social media at King's Chapel SGF. We look forward to seeing you soon.